we saw in the Jumbotron that Archie Manning and Peyton Manning were at the game. I, I can't imagine anyone <laughs> feels the need to listen to the little Bavarian boy trying to speak some form of English. <laughs> AFI Backstage Stories Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Artsy Fartsy Immigrants, but we're doing something a little bit different this time around. Mo and I decided that we would like to introduce a second episode per month. So at the end of the month, we will always have this uh, main interview with a special guest who is uh, living abroad or you know has lived abroad at some point and is working in a creative field. And um, that's something that's really important to us. We don't want to change that. But we did think that maybe we should try and put a bit more content out each month. And uh, so what we're going to do is we've started this side series called AFI, Artsy-Fartsy Immigrants, AFI Backstage. So you'll know when you see the word backstage that it's this series, which is just me and Mo. Say hi, Mo. Hello. What's up with my voice? I think you're getting a cold or something. It could be. It could be all that beer. And I'm not used to, to speak that much. That's fair, yeah. Now you're going to have to step up your, your host game. Um, but uh, this would be um, – th- this is basically going to be like a, a shorter side episode. Um, we're going to try and release this uh, maybe a week before the main episode. And it's just basically uh, – so Mo grew up here in Germany and I grew up in America. And we would like to – you know, we're both musicians. So we would like to compare and contrast some stories that uh, mean something to us both – And we're going to have these themes that we're going to fall back on that will change uh, with each episode. And yeah, today I think we decided to talk about sports. Yeah. um, All in all, we had many ideas which we could talk about. Just because your voice is so sexy that I was saying like, we got to give the people more of that. I was thinking the same thing. Because I I can't imagine anyone (laughs) feels the need to listen to... Um, the little Bavarian boy trying to speak some form of English, <laughs> but I'm really addicted to your voice. And yeah, one part we were thinking about mm-hmm. besides music and all this other shit we do love yeah. and talk about, yeah. um, but comparing growing up. Yeah. So like different themes, um, each episode where, you know, we pick a situation that everybody has at some point, whether it's relationships or, um, you know, no relationships. Or no relationships, which is more of my situation for quite a while. Uh, or, or, you know, just things that everyone interacts with and encounters. And we just see the differences between how Mo experienced these things growing up in Germany and how I experienced them in America and the, the cultural differences that are associated with those topics. So, um, you know, some weeks we might talk about, um, you know, concerts we saw or, or you know, new releases and, and talk about the music part. But more more than anything, this is about me and Mo still talking about differences in culture and staying true to the theme that's the reason we started this whole show. Um, but just a bit more on the side, a bit more about us personally and just, uh, you know, being a bit more we're trying to tap into something a bit more personal with our listeners. And it's more about migration, not just immigration. That's right. That's Maybe right, th- that's yeah. something you could break it down to. And that's right, yeah. To be honest, Jordan, I find it pretty funny that you brought up today's topic. You mentioned already sports. Yeah. Because the funny thing is, 
<clears throat> I work as a sports journalist, sports broadcaster. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I would never dare to bring that 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 topic up because um, I always see our little project here as something to to escape to the, escape from this yeah. and do something completely else. Yeah. Um, so it's even more funny to me that you brought up this topic. Well, I thought it was like a kind of an easy thing for us to tap into for the first episode because. Yeah, you have this experience, you have this knowledge about sports, but then I thought, well, I'm curious to the differences between how I experience sports, you know, in America and also especially in the South, where you have this sort of pressure in the lower income families to like, you know, you're you're shoved into these sports like football and baseball and basketball and you have to really try and shine, you know, to because the whole goal is about getting a scholarship and a good college and they think if you don't um you know, achieve something really amazing in sports that you don't, <clears throat> you know, you don't, you might not really have the chance of uh, getting out or getting somewhere successful. So I wanted to see if, how this American tradition of sport mindsets is compared to, you know, how you grew up here with, especially because the sports are so different. You guys are so focused on soccer. Actually, all of the world is, <laughs> except for America for some reason. <laughs> and, uh, you know, how that's influenced on you guys. You know, you, you mentioned earlier off mic about how um, with soccer, um, <clears throat> you said it was kind of similar to what I was talking about with this pressure, right? Which was to to get out I mean, of some it, situation. Yeah, well, like the university thing is different, obviously. Yeah. But there's this, like, you know, let's say, for example, you had this fictional brother that was really good at soccer. Do you think your parents would have put extra pressure on him to be something greater, like to go into professional sports? Um, that's, that's how it is for us, for sure. Yeah, but we'll get to that um, back again later because I come from a village where there's a... Another weird situation about professional sports mm -hmm. regarding winter sports. Right, um, yeah, that's but, right, yeah. But to answer your question, in my example, in my family, I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess that's subjective, right? Like it's not... That's subjective. Yeah. And in general, I think the... the um, the how people, how the society sees sports and what possibility it may be, that might be one of the biggest differences. Yeah. Because, and that might be because... You mentioned the, the the big three sports in the US, yeah. basketball, baseball, and football. Yeah, and then you still have 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 other things going on where you could um, make a living out of it and get scholarships or whatever. Right. And in Germany, for most of Germany, there is only one sport where, if you make it, you can really get to that kind of stardom or um, make a lot of money out of it, and that's just soccer. So okay. there, there are many other sports, and that's. Right. That's not totally right, but there are many sports where you can make a living out of it and but the the focus, the main focus is soccer because it's the biggest sport it's huge in Germany and, it's, and yeah. most of the rest of Europe. There are some ex exceptions from that, but um mainly it's that. But maybe let's start from another point. Because Okay, where do you want um, where do you want to start from? Yeah, because I think that's one point we'll get back to. Mm -hmm. But there are many little facts about regarding sports, consuming sports, practicing sports, yeah, we can right, compare. Yeah. Um, but maybe one thing I thought about, um, because most recently Kobe Bryant died. Sad thing. Right, yeah. um, and I'm really into basketball. Yeah. Um, but it's a whole nother thing being a basketball fan in Europe 
than being a basketball than fan growing in the US. Up in it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that's why I want to talk to you about that. Maybe let's keep out the whole story about his death and the reactions to it because I think that everybody's talked about it blew up social media. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But maybe because as far as I know, You've never been that huge of a basketball fan, but you've always been surrounded by it. Well, the difference for me is that, you know, so my dad really um, pushed basically every sport. He was the kind of guy that wanted me to play every sport and to know how to play every sport. And I think his dream would, would have been that I could have gotten like, you know, really in, invested in a, a certain sport and, and gotten like amazing at it and, you know, had that as a driving force to get me into a great college and then have a professional career in that sport for him. It obviously would have been football. That would have been the first choice. Okay. American football. But, um, you know, we watched, uh, all these legends at the time. Like my, we named our very first dog Kobe you did? after Kobe fucking Brian, <laughs> you know, that was a huge deal for us. Um, I haven't, uh, I spoke to my dad briefly about, about his passing and uh, especially for me it's more about the fact that he's only 41 that's that's really the insane part and uh, you know we don't have to go into everything about his family that's really tragic but um you know we i i didn't grow up staying in this sports world as much as i was when i was you know between the ages of maybe like nine and 15 that was probably the peak years for all the sport interest in terms of Following these big games, the college sports, man, college sports in the States is enormous. And you have all these bets and wagers and predictions and stuff going into the major leagues. And I mean, I followed Eli Manning's career okay. since he was a freshman at Ole Miss. Crazy. All, I mean, we went to see him at Ole Miss, uh, you know, for four years yeah. before he went into the major, before he went into the NFL. And like there was one game where um, we saw on the Jumbotron that Archie Manning, And Peyton Manning were at the game watching Eli. And I was like, this is huge. This is the biggest like version of the world that I had ever been exposed to, you know? Um, but, you know, like, probably against my dad's greatest dream, I think maybe his extreme, uh, I wouldn't, I, he was extremely supportive, but probably his his pushing of that direction actually turned me away from it. At a certain point, like once you get to a certain teenage year with your parents, it can either make or break your interests, what they what they support and stuff. Um, but man, he, yeah, we watched um, endless uh, Ole Miss games. That was his, that was his team. We watched the Lakers. Um, you know, when I was really young, we were in Mississippi, so we didn't really have. I wasn't as drawn to the Saints or. Um, I guess now they're the Pelicans, but before that they were the Jazz back in the 70s, like New Orleans teams. I wasn't as into them as I was until I was later, uh, a bit older, but um, we had our other Southern teams. And I think for us, probably the biggest competition was, oh man, someone from the South is going to hate me so much for this, but I forgot the name of the, <laughs> of the bowl. It was like MSU, Mississippi State University versus Ole Miss. They have this... Um, kind of championship game, just those two teams, because they both represent Mississippi. I think it's like, oh man, I don't want to miss, misspeak and say something like the Sugar Bowl. I think that's something else. <laughs> But that was our, you know, that was our main focus. We watched all the games and I was playing every sport and Kobe Bryant was just this huge icon for us. It was like, okay, I had posters of Michael Jordan on the wall, Scottie Pippen, Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, 
I was obsessed with these guys. I thought they were like God. I even had a huge thing for Larry Bird because he yeah. showed up in Space Jam. <laughs> ah, true. Remember that? He had, like, he had like a cameo with Bill Murray. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Larry Bird? <laughs> the three-shot king? The three-point shooter king? Whatever. Um, but yeah, man. I was I was a huge fan, and of course I'm a different generation, so it's a bit different. But but do you have this one this one Kobe moment? Because th that's what many people are talking about, and I thought about it for on my own. But do you have this 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 one moment, and he he delivered many of them, where right. he freaked totally out or did something something super crazy. Well, I remember. Um I think he used to do these, uh, you know, in, in the NBA, I, I think it was also part of the halftime show, but they also had these sort of special events, like these dunk competitions. Yeah, at, at All-Star Games. Yeah, the All-Star Games. Yeah, it was an All-Star Game. And I think he did this, I don't know if he was the one who really pioneered the around the back or between the leg. Maybe that was, um, oh, what's his name? I forgot all these dudes' names now. I was so into it when I was younger, but... Um, he did some sort of either long jump. I know that he did the stint on Jackass. You see him jump the pool of snakes on Jackass. Yeah. So he did like this kind of distance, which is inhuman, <laughs> which is kind of like unbelievable. He did something like that, maybe from the free throw line, like Jordan style. And he just had something to it. And I remember being at home with just me and my dad and it was dark and we were watching this all-star game and Kobe just did something amazing. And I was like, this guy is, um, everything to me in this moment you know like uh, <laughs> he was just a legend so it was some all-star game with my dad but yeah okay. i just remember thinking this dude is uh he's gonna be a tattoo for me one day <laughs> and is he uh not yet do you but, have yeah. any tattoos i don't know about i do need a new i need a stamp tramp and i thought maybe putting 24 on my <laughs> lower back <laughs> Dude, that would be something very special. I would probably get shit on Twitter like you're just hopping on the trend, you know. <laughs> But that, that would be that would be pretty unique. That would be a special one, yeah, with the wings around it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um, but yeah, man, did you have a Kobe moment? Yeah, of course. Um I don't know if you've ever seen it, but when he tore his Achilles. Oh yeah, right. And it was like it, his career was at, was at a point where like yeah, and is he still that fit? Can he still deliver the, those humongous stats? Right. And he was he was like throwing anything into his game. He could bring everything. And obviously in this game, he saw it was over the top. Yeah, it's not gonna end good. And then he tore his Achilles. Yeah, and um. They wanted to to sub him off, bring someone else to 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 throw the free throws, mm -hmm. and he went back, one footed. I was like his one foot was I don't know just weird. Hang. Yeah, he like stepped back on it a little bit and made both free throws. Went out, absolute Man, legendary dude, legendary move. Um, yeah, but there were many of them. Yeah, I mean he was he was amazing. I think actually just before he passed, LeBron passed. Um, His it was, it was the, scale, the, the, right? the day before. The day before. That was the weird What? situation. Um, it was the day before when the, when the breaking news came out um, that Kobe Bryant died, mm -hmm. and it was or like the first speculations. Mm -hmm. um, they were confirmed like 10 minutes later. I was um, on the phone talking to a friend, and he's also really into basketball. Mm -hmm. um, and do you know that sometimes I don't know if it happens regularly. I'm not that deep into it. When you on your iPhone, when you're doing a phone call, mm -hmm. it disconnects the internet. Or you just don't get get 
um, like you leave Wi-Fi into data and it's yeah, but but you don't you get you, you don't get push messages or anything, so you don't get disturbed while being on the phone. Oh uh, yeah, so, yeah, you can turn those off and, I think, for calls, or it just happens. I don't know. Yeah, because I was on the phone and I didn't get any news or whatever, mm-hmm. and then um, my friend he was he was talking to me over his his um, his headset mm-hmm. and was holding his phone in his, ha- in his hand, and at some point he has seen the message and was like. Dude, Kobe Bryant died, and I was like, "Dude, what the fuck? Hey, what's wrong? Calm down. LeBron has passed him in all-time scoring <laughs> list, but what's that? Yeah, but you know there are there are like like apps and pages like Bleacher Report who could have done this as a headline. Yeah, that's so true, man. Be- because LeBron Damn. has has passed him, and he was like, "No, <laughs> shut dead. up, seriously. Kobe Bryant died." I was like, "No, how?" <laughs> It's it's super weird to laugh about it, but that was the situation. I yeah, I feel a bit guilty, but it's just a yeah. perfect situation. You're like, calm down, man. Le- LeBron. Yeah, that was my reaction to it because I I just there was no way I could believe that Kobe Bryant died. You know his no, age. He did, was the yeah. freak, super fit. Of course, yeah. you don't think about anything like a helicopter crash. He just won an Oscar last year. Yeah. Two, no, or two no, no. years ago. No, it's been... Was it 2017? Was it 2016? Okay, so he won an Oscar a few years ago. Still, that's or, huge. Or eight. I thought it was 2017. Well, I have to... Have now to you look it up. Look, we'll look it, it up. up. Sorry. We can put that in the in the fact check later. But, yeah, I mean, he just... Uh, he was kind of on top of the world. I was listening to um, one of my favorite podcasts with uh, Tom Segura, this comedian from the States. And he oh, was, 2018. 2018? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, two Dear years Basketball. Ago. Dear have Basketball. Have you seen it? It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, uh, of course, when he passed, uh, Reddit blew up with the like ripped file clips of it. So you just you couldn't yeah. help but watch it. But, um, but yeah, they were talking about how he was like a venture capitalist. He was investing in all these things. He was like a humble guy. He was a good dad. You know, it's crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah, but um, I think we also don't have to get too deep into Kobe talk because no, yeah, main, it was just the you know hot but, theme. Yeah, yeah, but it's a hot theme and. Um, I am interested in in your point of view because obviously in Europe and let's get back to that back to that comparing point. Right. Um, it always been something else. And you told me, yeah, the 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 main years where you w- were into that deep into sports and mm-hmm. and um, following those big games was between nine and fifteen, or what do you say? Something like that, like between nine and, and for 15, me, yeah. for obviously for soccer and those winter sports and anything in my social group that was. Huge was the same, yeah. But sports like like US sports, like basketball, ice hockey, right? That came later. So when w- I was, were you already out of high school when basketball kind of clicked here with people? No, or? no, no. It, it's always been a thing. But for me, being being a kid uh-huh. and not having your 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 own connection to internet and whatever, and right, where do, where do you get the news from? You get I don't know. Of course, um, you had the the news when when Dirk Nowitzki the greatest German basketballer of all time mm-hmm. um, won his championship or uh, was kicked out of the playoffs or whatever happened to him. And right. you, you got some some basketball news. Yeah. But I was never in a situation where it would affect me as a kid. I didn't play it. I didn't practice it on yeah. my own. So for you, it was a bit, yeah. still a bit distant. And then, and then at the age of, I don't know, 12 or 13, I got into it and um, uh, developed a, a fandom for the Celtics. <laughs> Dude, I like the Celtics too. That, that's why I never really liked Kobe that much. I appreciated what he did, but uh, yeah, sure. I mean, everyone's a fan of like the Kobe Shaq combo. Yeah, you know that was like, uh, but it was way before it. 
So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but but what? And then in high school, I lost I lost the connection to basketball again mm-hmm. for a few years. And then, like two years ago, when I started working in Munich in sports department and had some some colleagues and um, friends who were into basketball, mm-hmm. brought me back to it. Yeah. And since then, I'm I don't know. I'm watching at least one game one game a week, yeah, whatever, yeah. and I'm back into it. I'm surprised now when certain friends who I don't expect are into sports at all will ask me like, "Hey, are you going to stay up late and watch the NBA finals?" <laughs> like you watch NBA? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, but it's so it's a thing for me now, and I think also within society it it grew bigger again um, through new um, ways of output of of broadcasting. Yeah, like streaming platforms, sports streaming platforms who are broadcasting games, the NBA League Pass, which you can where you can watch all games of the internet, and especially football has a big hype. In German, like American, since, like, American American football. American football oh, since yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would have called it soccer for you <laughs> if it was the other football. Um, no, but That's but American fair. football since five or six years since ProSieben started broadcasting it. Ah, ProSieben and they broadcasts they, they, it. and oh, they grew a, a huge hype and yeah, that changes it already. I, I don't know the, the exact numbers, but even last week, I'm sure a few million people in Germany. Stayed up late and watched the Super Bowl. Yeah, I did so, that. I did that um, like two years ago when uh, Philadelphia played the Patriots. And the funny thing was, I'm not. I'm not super anti Tom Brady, but a lot of people are. Got a lot of people really hate him, and they really, they really they think like the referees are like paid off or something to like slide them through the cracks and stuff. But I don't know that much about it anymore. So I was I was there at first thinking like, oh okay, I mean you know why not the Patriots? They're winning everything all the time anyway. And then um, some guy just unloaded on me about why he hates them, and then I was like, all right, Philadelphia, it is. Let's go Eagles. <laughs> so, but um, but but football is a good point because. Already on the show, some listeners who might be really deep into it, I wonder if there is anyone <laughs> who is that deep into our little project here, but you mentioned that you played um, football in high school. Oh, and, that's right, yeah. And even in college? No, it wasn't at no, 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 no. High, no, school, no. high school football. Yeah, like, I mean, since I was maybe, yeah, like a mid- elementary school through high school. Yeah, I quit my junior year of high school because my dad uh, wouldn't let me quit before that. So I had to work to a certain point where I asked him, like, okay, I've gotten to the point you said was okay, now can I quit? Oh, okay, so he was like, no, you have to play until that stage. Yeah, like, I think I was a freshman or a sophomore in high school, and I knew instantly I didn't like it anymore. And um, I felt too afraid to ask if I could quit. Shit. Because my brother, like my dad thought my brother was going to be this huge star. He was a big dude. He was strong. He was a good player. But his heart wasn't into it either. So I think when he was a sophomore or something, he quit. And I was kind of like my dad's last chance, Uh, like his last hope, you know? Okay. And I could see that in his eyes. You know, he was like, whenever I even breathed interest into a sport, he was like, I built you your own golf clubs, which he did do. What? He was a, a golf – he could make golf clubs. Okay. He was like a he, – he would buy the separate pieces. He wouldn't like, you know, beat the steel or yeah. shit. But like he'd buy the separate pieces from the, these good manufacturers and then he yeah. would like weld the pieces together and stuff. And he made me my own clubs okay. because I was interested in golf once. So <laughs> – You know, like he okay. really wanted a sports kit. So, but – so he really brought on some some kind of pressure – 
that you have to do sports and tremendous amounts of pressure. Yeah. I mean, my dad, like he could tell him I wasn't really into it, but he just kept, I wouldn't say he was like bribing me to play, but he, it was very obvious now it's especially in retrospect, it's really obvious that he was trying to milk any sort of joy, you know, out of like, I don't know. He was a hundred thousand times more supportive with me playing a football game than with any of the other interests. I was, I was kind of like fielding out, but um, we, I think I was a junior in high school. And then finally I felt like I, I was comfortable to ask him if I could quit. And then he's, he was kind of taken, a, taken aback by it and thought, uh, I mean, okay, you want to quit right now? It's August. It's really hot. And we had these things called uh, two-a-days. So before school starts, there's a, there's an, um, a week-long, um, what do you call it? like warm up exercise program that gets you ready for the for the season. And it's two a day. Two practices. I, I almost said rehearsals. <laughs> two rehearsals two a day. Two units of practice a day. Exactly. And they're like four or five hours long. Ooh. And it's in August. And you're Shit. and you're wearing pads and it's excruciating. It's really hot, Mississippi humid weather. You're doing uh hitting drills, you're doing sprints, you're doing uh, you're running plays. You're doing. Um, you're doing everything. You're doing everything, and it's exhausting. I had one friend who passed out once from the heat because he was like underhydrated, and he was telling the coach, "I need to sit down and drink water." And he was like, "Don't be a pussy." And then he passed out. It's, it's really crazy. Like Mississippi football doesn't play around. And um, he's like, "Okay, you're in two a days." I, I called him crying once. I was like, "I can't go back. Please don't make me go back." And he was like, "Okay." And this was actually good advice from him. And I, I, I admire what he was trying to do. I think maybe it meant something bigger than what I thought. And <clears throat> basically he was like, you don't like it now. What I want you to do is I want you to stay with it, fight through the tough the tough part, and then uh, come back to me. And I think it was like October or November. He was like, that's middle season. The weather is um, – I, I, I can't remember with uh, Celsius, but it was like – the weather would be like 67 Fahrenheit, which is really breezy and nice football weather. And he was like, you know, your, your practices are going to be much easier. You're just doing running drills. You're wearing like half pads where you just wear the shoulders of the helmet, but you just wear shorts under it, which is, which is much nicer. And he's like, just get to that point. And if you get to that point and you want to quit, then you can quit. And um, – so I did that. And I actually, I'm kind of thankful that I did do that. I fought through the hard part. Yeah. And then in the, um, we had the shitty part about it. The, my least favorite part about it was that we had these big Friday night games. There's a game every Friday night throughout the whole season. And then every Saturday morning, you had to get up at like 830 and come back to the school. And you had like a two hour like workout and run with the coach. And that sucked, man. Like you just played a big game, especially if you won. Then you want to sleep in, enjoy your Saturday. Yeah. You have to get up early, wash your shit, come back to school, work out, and then oh, run two laps around the whole field. And I was like a big fat kid, and I hated doing that, you know? And there was one day, finally, I asked my dad, like, can I please quit? And he was like, okay, you got through the tough part. If you really want to do it, you can do it. So then I went to the, I went to the locker room. Yeah. I did the whole thing. I did the whole workout. I did the whole running. I did everything so that no one would question anything. And then I waited in the coach's office until everyone, like, you know, some, we would watch the game before and talk about it. Yeah. So at some point, everyone finally walked out. Maybe one or two guys left. 
And that's when I brought it up. And uh, he made me feel like shit about the it. The coach. He was not cool. He was like, you're going to quit everything the rest of your life. You're going to be a huge failure. You're never going to amount shit. to anything. And he had me crying, dude. I was like 16. Okay. And he, you know, he was like, uh, if you quit now, you're going to quit everything. You might as well Never going to finish something in your life. Never going to finish anything. And uh, he was a real dick, man. I'm really glad I quit. And then after that, it was honestly the greatest feeling I've ever had. Okay. I, I came, I drove home from practice back home and I, it was like you got your first blow job along with your first uh, line of cocaine. <laughs> and then like God himself came down and like gave you a huge dick that you could just, you know, it was just like this blessing and freedom. <laughs> you know, it's just like a hug, like a hug from Jesus or something. It was okay. like the best feeling ever to quit. Believe that. But that's crazy. Because um, that brings me to the next point. I don't want to have it too structured, but it it already it, it really it really it really fits. <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, okay. Because um, that m leads me to the the main difference between doing sports as a kid in the US versus in Europe, or in yeah. my example, Germany. Yeah, I'm curious because about that too. You have you have to, the, the the whole um, school programs. So. Mm -hmm. The scholar sports programs, starting I think starting from elementary, mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah. if you're good enough, till till you get yeah. out of it and get to a professional level from college, yeah, like that's the, the whole thing. That's like the dream, yeah. And I, and I actually didn't know that you were that deep into it, where you have that many um, trainings and drills and whatever at your at, at high school because yeah um, yeah yeah, For sure. basically in Germany. Um, you you have um, physical education at school, and that's pretty basic. And you you get into many different um, many different sports, mm -hmm. like maybe track and field, maybe basketball, soccer, volleyball, whatever. Um, and you'll get deeper into sports um, within sports clubs. So you, as a kid, you join a sport club, you go to training there, they teach you what you need to to to, to practice the sport. And you get to a point where you get drilled that much and have that much training um, when, you, when you're talented enough. So at the beginning, you start pretty easy. I, don't, I played soccer, obviously. Right. And you start there, and it's a whole other thing because soccer is the only sport where you could get to a point comparable to um, where you could get to in football, basketball, or but, baseball. But, but was, was there this pressure from anybody? Like, was this no, idea absolutely like, not. I'm going to fucking be super famous? Uh, um, you have those people, but there are a few. Right. And you start at the point um, at the... I just want to look up how many how many soccer clubs there are in Bavaria, and you will laugh. Um, God, I'm really curious. I just, just like, like, like living in Munich, I just know the two biggest ones, of course. Like what? There's the <clears throat> there's the Bayern, <coughs> of course, and then there's um, oh man, you're gonna love this. Uh, I'm like, uh, is it eighteen oh two? Wait a second. What's the blue? What's the blue team? Um, eighteen sixty. Eighteen sixty. Okay. Okay. I was, I was close, dude. In Bavaria, there are like four thousand five hundred thirty soccer clubs. What? And twenty five thousand. 554 teams. So the, the, the chances of getting to a professional level are super low. Oh my God. 
How do they even manage like championships or leagues or anything? Like, is, it just, a, is it just like many, a free-for-all? There are super many leagues. So you start at a very low point. And what that's, the fuck? That's, that's also why within this sport, when you, and even, and there's, there's also, it um, depends, depends on the, the region where you live. And my team never was that good because we, I come from a region from, from the Alps, from mm-hmm. the mountains, and everyone was into some form of skiing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and um, we always lost to the teams um, who were from countrysides where you have nothing. Yeah, yeah. And so those kids were way more into soccer yeah. because it was their, their main hobby, their main thing to do. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, let's go to soccer training twice a week. Let's have a game at the weekend and see what happens. Right. It was, for you, it was Most more like time. just fun and, and, and hanging yeah. out. And, and the whole story you <clears throat> mentioned, you have more into winter sports. So, um, okay. like, um, you know, ski jumping. Yeah, right. Ski I've jumping, seen that before. Yeah. Um, I never thought about it because I was I, I, I grew up with it. I never um, uh, practiced on my own. So I, I tried it as a kid. Right. And but my parents were against it, and it's so dangerous and whatever. It's so I, insane. I mean, but, for anybody for anybody listening who does not know what <laughs> ski jumping looks like, because I hadn't seen it that much before I moved here. Yeah. Uh, but you see these guys who are at the very top of a very large hill. I mean, I guess if you saw this, is like this Hugh Jackman movie where they shot some of it in your hometown yeah. too. But there's like they start at the top of this jump, they slide down, and then there's this huge ramp, and you can imagine like the two. Skis on their feet going straight up in the air, kind of like bunny ears. Yeah. And they just, they just fly. I mean, yeah. they, and they're these like extremely skinny dudes and they just get super airborne and they fly and yeah. they just, and they land like way, 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 way down. And then they just zoom past you at the bottom. And that's something I just recently, no, not recently, but last year I thought about it because um, there was a tourist in Oberstdorf, that's my hometown, asking me about, yeah, are there amateurs in ski jumping, mm-hmm. and I never thought about it. And I was like, no. So, every, can, so everyone so you've either, ever seen ski jump in, in your hometown is uh, professional. Yeah. So you, either get, you either get to a point where you're professional or you quit. So, so how do you get, I mean, in ski jumping, how do you it, even... You start as a kid, obviously. Okay. But you start as a kid, and if you're talented, um, you really, you, you're getting to a point very fast, like at the age of six, seven where you're like into four times training a week, competition, etc. Six or seven years old? They start maybe at six ski, or seven. Ski might jumping be, is super dangerous. Might, might be, yeah, you start at a very small hill. I don't know if, you, if you've seen the arena in Oberstdorf. <laughs> Just imagine them flying <laughs> No, have you ever been to the arena in Oberstdorf? Yeah, there's like three, three yeah, ramps, the, right? I think it's or five. Four. Or is it five? Okay. Um, but it, So you started at a very small point where you jump maybe about 15 meters mm-hmm. and the, the biggest one um, is where pros jump to um, like a length of 125 to 140 meters. Okay. So you start at a very low, low point. So it's, yeah. it, it depends on your age and there are um, very strict restrictions about, okay, you're allowed to do that, that hill and that hill depending on your age and whatever, because it is a pretty dangerous sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the way. So you have no people doing it mm-hmm. besides people being in education yeah. or pros. That's and, crazy, man. Like, and what's, get, the, what's the turning point for these guys? I mean, what, you know, how long do they go before they 
You know, like, can you imagine spending your whole life since you're six years old practicing for something and then someone tells you, you're not good enough? And that's the whole thing because you have this in, in many different sports. Also, uh, alpine skiing, same thing. Right. And the, the, the school, high school I've been to is also a, uh, I don't know the, the English term for it, internat. No. Um, let me just check it. I'm very sorry that I don't know, but I, I've never <coughs> used it before. But it's nothing to do with like international. No, 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 no. In- internet. Um, it's internet. Like it's from the internet. <laughs> boarding school. <laughs> boarding school. Okay, like a private school. No, it's not a private school, but um, it's an elite school for for um, kids who do winter sports. Okay, so it's so just the best, a school. The, 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 so if you get to a certain point. Um, yeah. And you do windows, um, and you get to 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 a, to a special squad, yeah, um, from the from the from the national um, association, yeah. You get to this to this boarding school in Oberstdorf. It's combined with the regular um, community high school. So these guys come from everywhere, or they they come from any everywhere anywhere in Germany. Uh-huh. So it's uh, G- German kids. Okay. Um, and if they're good enough at alpine skiing or ski jumping or Nordic combined, which is a combination of cross country skiing and was that the one with the gun? No, no, the one with the gun is is, is um, biathlon, but ah, Nordic yeah, combined right. is um, basically <laughs> it works that way. First, you do a jump, mm-hmm. and then you do a cross country race. Okay, um, and the one who 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 jumped the best starts first at the um, cross country race. Simple as that. Okay. Short version. Um, (laughs) And if you get to, to, to um, certain stage of squad of the national association, they send you to the sporting school in Oberstdorf. Mm -hmm. And um, because they get special conditions in high school, they get a year longer um, for school to focus on, on, um, on their sport or whatever they have. Um, they concentrate all the, the the coaches for special for special sports in Oberstdorf, right? And are organized. It's all organized all around them. Mm-hmm. So like um, many many um, mates who've been to high school with me have been at the Olympics while being at this high high school. Oh, that's crazy, man! Can you imagine being an Olympic athlete and still having to take a math test? Yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's the point. That's nuts, dude. There's one girl who's been to the, her first Olympics at the age of. 15 that's like that's insane uh, man that's a, the um, pressure must be crazy for and people. so and because because um you talked about the turning point and some friends of mine because they um you sort out okay am i gonna make it or am i not gonna make it at a at a young age right and, and then they, do they go into like Okay, you know, do you do you settle for or not settle for, but do you go into like instructing that sport, or do you just do you say to yourself, okay, I didn't make this, I need to take a step back and and, and try something else, or like getting into a different uh, industry entirely? Can you imagine, like, I mean, from six to sixteen, roughly, you become an Olympic athlete and you're still studying in high school. Something doesn't work out. Maybe you like snap your ankle or something, or you or you lose interest, or something just doesn't match. And then you have to stop being an Olympic athlete before you finished high school. What do you like at the end of that? I mean, your your whole life so far has been that sport. Do you yeah. just do you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to teach the next generation coming in? Do I want to be the the person who coaches the next great thing, or is there someone being like, nah, I think I'm going to be a taxi driver? 
<laughs> you know, like how do they? Yeah, s- and it's, it's, how it's they a, switch that, and it's a big, and it's also why um, I tried those winter sports, and I I practiced them on my own for all of my life. I'm still I'm really into skiing. I, I worked as a ski instructor the past years, but I've never been at um, at the stage of um, wait a second mm-hmm. at the at the stage of um, of competitive sport. Right, right. Um, okay. And there are many, many uh, classmates of mine in high school were at this boarding school and had this pressure because um, one friend of mine, for example, at the age of 15, mm-hmm. and his whole life was concentrated on this. From being six, seven years old, every week was planned around, okay, you have training four times a week, you have two competitions on the weekend, yeah. let's manage school around it or whatever. Okay. And so school came second. And yeah. Then, okay. And that's the whole idea of the sporting school to to still give them the education they they need to get a proper degree. Right. And um, and it works out quite well. But he was at the point um, he was doing Nordic combined, mm-hmm. and he was a great cross cross country skier. But one season in this um, precious season, he didn't manage to get the proper. Jump at ski jumping, and those are minimal factors. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's also why at at um, the professional level, you don't have those um, you don't have the same World Cup contenders every year, because it can happen any year to any athlete that there's they have a little um, the, a little injury in summer, yeah, and don't and those are so yeah. little factors to get to the perfect point of jumping and. Fl- yeah, your flying like position fl- flexing and, and, and flying exactly the same and he way. didn't get yeah. it for one season yeah and he was like oh shit i'm getting probably i'm getting kicked out of of this um of the squad mm-hmm. which means i'm probably be um kicked out of the sporting school yeah i i moved to oberstdorf he was from the area around nuremberg so like okay. 400 kilometers away and he moved to Oberstdorf at 13 years old and built up some friendships there. Yeah. And at the age of 15, or was it 16? I'm not sure. He was like, okay, shit. If I don't, if I, if I can't do the jumping, yeah. they'll kick me out of the squad, which means they kick me out of the school. Yeah. Which means my whole teenage life, which I build up here, yeah. will be just gone. Gone. Man, that's that's uh, that's and, that's a different level. And another friend of mine, um, sure. who was one of the biggest talents in alpine skiing, mm-hmm. and he trained so much and he was so deep into it, and it led to a point where, at the age of sixteen, he had his second, um, I think another term for it, disc prolapse. Your back? Oh, like a prolapsed disc. Prolapsed disc. That's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a slip disc. Like. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so your career's over at that point, at 16. Fuck, man. And your that's whole crazy. life leads to that one point. And yeah. that was the point for me. And it's a very special thing in winter sports mm-hmm. in the area where I come from, yeah. which might be comparable um, to the to the whole high school and college program with yeah, elite, I mean, elite um, yeah. athletes. But the big difference is all of these sports I told you about mm-hmm. are... Um, <clears throat> Are now team sports, right? So, how many how many players are in a football team? A whole football team of around fifty, like in a, like on the whole team, like on not, the whole not, team. not just on the field. 
like like fifty uh, people with the special teams, etc. Yeah, something like that. Around so 50 those are so. huge teams, and yeah. those are sports I told you about are individual sport types. Okay, and crazy. they're like like um, fifty at the at the pro stage. There are like fifty people or maybe seventy people in the whole um, World Cup, like in the whole, and oh, each shit. one competes on his own. So you have team competitions where where nations compete against each other, but you're you're doing it all um, on your own, your whole your whole career, and and that's the point. That the only team sports to get professional and to really make a living out of it um, is soccer, because of course you have you have handball, you have basketball, also, and there are professionals who can make a living out of it. But I mean, like the big careers, the big money where you say, okay, I have a sports career of maybe um, a professional career, like an NFL career, like five or six years. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to worry about the rest of my life about money or anything. You only have that in soccer. Right. I just think about these, uh, these, these uh, ski jumpers. And then like, here I was, uh, here I was, you know, uh, Afraid of my football coach, who was also my algebra teacher. <laughs> it's such a separate thing. Shit. My my football coach was my algebra teacher. The assistant coach was my social studies teacher. Mm. And one time, one time, I remember being in class and and we talked about healthcare. And I was like, uh, you know, as an American, you always make this comment like, oh, well, if you go to Canada, you get free healthcare. And then he thought he was sounding super smart, and he was like. Does free healthcare necessarily mean good healthcare, though? And I was like, Oh yeah, maybe he's right. Maybe free healthcare doesn't mean good healthcare, which is insane. That's another topic That's the we mindset. already talked about. But yeah, but it's it's a way of thinking. Strange. It's so crazy. But yeah, I mean this this coach was a real dick, and his son was also a dick. And <laughs> I'm really glad that I don't um, have to socialize with them anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's like this sport pressure. I mean in high school you have a lot of pressure. But most of the people don't get it, and they kind of understand that. And if you're a lower-income family, there's more pressure to get that singleized yeah. special moment where you can get into, like, I don't know, maybe even, like, a better school or something, and then you can have the opportunity to getting into, like, a you know, good scholarship into college. And then that is where you get – you really get made or broken, more or less. Yeah. You know, if you have, like, a good run in college, you bring in a lot of points. You get um, – you know, you get noticed and picked up in a few uh, media outlets – and then you maybe you miss a season because you like broke your leg, or for maybe you get like a really bad concussion. But you try and you know you try and play through these things to keep your name up. You know you could really fuck up not only your physical body forever. You know like you could get CTE, yeah. you could you could yeah, throw your back out, you know whatever, get handicapped because um, it's such a ridiculously dangerous sport. But um, yeah, you could also just throw all that away by just playing your best and having an yeah. accident. You know, it's real that that reminds me of the ski jumping thing. Like you play you work so hard, you have your whole life with it, your family's supportive, and then one small minuscule thing like just snapping your ankle yeah. can throw out a season, which could really potentially screw up that future career. The only kind of benefit is like if they are professional, they ski jumpers have it harder. There's a lot more pressure. Yeah. because uh, they're individualized. But if you're on an if you actually make it to an NFL team then you know you're paid a salary as a live player or yeah. or a not live player, and if you have to spend a season out because you broke your leg, you're not just kicked off the team or something. Yeah. You're not like thrown out. 
you're just, uh, you know, maybe not as popular for that year or something, yeah. but people are still going to wear your fucking jersey to the games. Uh, and that's also, and I also don't think that often about it on my own, but it just came to my mind. Another big drift difference between those kind of sports, mm-hmm. um, and it's also something you could compare within Germany, like sports like, let's say, basketball, not football, but basketball, soccer, mm-hmm. volleyball, handball, whatever, or even, I don't know, something like skateboarding, yeah. are sports where you don't um, have to invest that much. So basketball or, or soccer, you just need a ball, some people, and you could start right away. Yeah, that's true. And it yeah. gets more and more professional. You get more and more gear and, and better gear or whatever. Right, right. Um, but with all those winter sports... With winter sports, you have to have so much gear shit, to parents, begin with. There was, also, there was also a reason why I didn't um, get that deep into it as a child, because it was at a stage my parents were pretty young, and they were like, Yo, kid, we also don't just ha- we just don't have the money to invest into you because mm-hmm. with with skiing, those kids start. You need like like three or four pairs of skis at the age of seven. It's crazy, and you need to drive around. You need the ticket for 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 the lift and whatever. A pair of skis at that age you, for one pair of like three hundred bucks you invest. And oh, for those winter sports, parents have to invest a lot of money right away. Yeah, and it's. And that's why it's from the beginning kind of an elite thing, because, like you say, in in football or basketball, in poor families, it could be that parents see a chance. Okay, my kid just is a sporty kid and starts to work out and starts to right. to play a team <clears throat> sports and might bring us out of the situation because he lo- he earns a lot of money. Yeah. That wouldn't be possible with, with any kind of winter sports because. The family would have to invest a lot, yeah, firsthand, right. And then you have a, a time span of maybe fifteen years where you see, pooh, there are little chances. If he's really talented, it could be. But still, if he gets to that point, mm-hmm. he won't nearly make that uh, that amount of money you get through playing soccer or football. So or if, you're, if you're a professional, it's like you, you win like a major ski jumping championship, or you win like an Olympic thing. So you're, you know, are you, when you're doing that, do you think these guys are doing it for the, the notoriety because they're not getting that much money or are they doing it for they're the... They're still get, getting getting good money. Okay, so okay. They, they're, they're not poor, but it's nothing compared to... to it's like $40 million contracts or something. <laughs> not nearly. Yeah. That you you have also experienced the Schanzen tournament in Oberstdorf, the, the, the biggest ski jumping event of the year. Right, yeah. End yeah. of December in Oberstdorf. Right. I saw that. The winner of of the whole tournament is like like four four stops. First is Oberstdorf, then come three others. Yeah. And four competitions. And the, the winner of the whole thing, of the whole tournament, wins twenty five thousand euros. Which is still for the both of us. No, that is, I mean for me it's it's a, an ocean of money. Yeah. <laughs> still for, for me too. Money. But compared to I don't know. Look at um uh a mediocre NBA player still gets a veteran who plays mediocre basketball still gets a few million, probably. a few million a year. Yeah, it's crazy. There's so much money in sports yeah. in America, and and the concept there is um, many of them um, go to um, they play they basically compete for the army or the national police or something. They have a special. Um, they have special departments where you you do the basic um, how do you call it the, the basic um, 
program uh, training the basic training yeah and have like eight weeks a year where you work there and they invest in you and your sports and okay. you can also go to university through them and whatever yeah it's kind of a system they call it sports soldat like sports soldier okay um and they support you and give you also opportunities besides your your pro career right um because within the sports system itself there's not that much money that's the whole thing about it okay um but we got really deep into that but one other thing i wanted to talk about you and we already are talking for 50 minutes could you believe wow, it wow okay okay wow but one that's last thi thing i wanted to talk about is um the whole social part so you told me like um your dad really wasn't to i want to have one kid who makes it with sports yeah i didn't have that and i want to talk to you about general about about pressure so like um you have to do sports and for me a european who's never been to the states in his life like the whole clichés like the the cool kids playing football at high school <laughs> how's how that that whole pressure um, how's it been for you you know uh, what i mean the, the pressure yeah you have to be be sportive and you have to be successful within sports and yeah i mean i yeah i mean I, i touched on that a little bit a little bit earlier where it's like um you know i think for my dad it wasn't about that he would imagine i could be successful for money but i think he just wanted to have this son that he could go cheer for in the stands i think it wasn't about like i want my kid to be famous i don't want my it wasn't about i want my kid to be rich but it was more like i want to go to these games the things that i'm obsessed with yeah and see my son be a part okay. of that you know but there are so many families that i encountered and and met who you know and you see it more as you get older because you get more aware but you you see these families that um this kind of lifestyle believing in sport is what they is what they believe is all they have and in america okay. sometimes you do get these limited options you know you have like these lower income families and they they see a window here but of course of course there's this other huge and you have those stories like like look at at basketball Allen Iverson yeah, for example Allen Iverson for example one of those examples is a very very poor family yeah and he yeah i mean like i said earlier about like off mic um i don't know i, I don't want to butcher the line completely i'll just paraphrase it but like a really great line from a notorious big is like um, you know, to get out of the slums, you either have to like be really good at basketball or sling crack. That was like kind of the only option. That was the '90s too. That was like primo NBA years. You had Jordan, Bird, you know, whatever. But um, no, no, Bird was before that, wasn't he? No, 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 he was '90s. He was mainly '80s. But '80s, okay, okay, early but 90s, still, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, but uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like all sports in all of America are only coming from people who are trying to get out of the slum. It's a big chunk of it, of course. It's a huge prospect of like getting the name out there. But there's also a huge part of that is these wealthy people who you have, have the sports like lacrosse. Buddy also told you, of dude. I mean, yeah. Forget not just baseball, <laughs> basketball, and football, which is like the big three. But you have you have tennis, you have lacrosse, you have golf. Hockey. Huh? We haven't talked about hockey yet. Hockey, which, uh, you know what, we don't have to because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I've never been to a <laughs> hockey game. That's a different state for me, man. Like, I, I, I can only talk for the, I can only really talk for the southern states. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, but, um, 
yeah, I have some friends who were who were really into hockey. I, I used to think hockey was cool because Adam Sandler would wear the jerseys and his <laughs> and Happy Gilmore. Uh, yeah, you know? but um, but yeah, I mean, um, that's that's the biggest thing I can relate to is like I saw that I know that's there. There is also this other side of like prestige, tradition, family. Uh, passing your name down thing like in these yeah. in these colleges like Ole Miss you have the Mannings you know that's like of course Eli and Peyton are both going to play football they're both going to be in the NFL they have to be good they have to work hard of course but it's kind of like it's a lot of money it's a lot of notoriety that name Manning it's huge you know so it makes sense the, the, there's both sides of it it's a huge uh, huge country so you know that that part does connect to this uh skiing money yeah. family investing yeah. investing very early like private lessons all the right gear the perfect shoes you know whatever personal coaches or whatever personal coaches yeah they push the shit out of it um but i can from experience only really speak for the the side that wanted to um go see their kid at a college game or mm. or make a career because they worried that there wasn't another option yeah and for me it was like for my parents um I never had that pressure. It was all, I was always always told like, yeah, do some sports, do some something physical, get some exercise. Yeah, get some exercise, <laughs> yeah. whatever it might be, whatever makes you happy. Yeah. And I tried a lot of shit. So, and I always had fun in in all the all of the mountain stuff, like like skiing, mm -hmm. hiking, um, climbing for 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 a while. I, I didn't do it for the past years, but my my whole youth. Yeah, um, and all those stuff, but never in a competitive way. Just. Just because because I had fun with friends on the mountain or whatever, yeah, um, and cheap equipment or whatever, just doing it, and yeah. I always played soccer and um, and my mom, for example, she was always super anti soccer. She was like, "Really? Oh, you have this away game. I have to." And it was like the thing. I don't know if it's if it's comparable to to anything like like football or, but there was this rule kind of that. Um, After each game, one one mother of a, of a player would would wash all of the the shirts. Oh, really? It's like, oh, do I really have to do this? And you have this away <laughs> game. Poo, I can't bring you there, and I don't want to bring you there. <laughs> That was more kind of the thing. And, um, for, for me, it was more like like the pressure within my. In your social um, groups, right? With your friends. My social groups, because yeah. many of them were in a stage of competitive sports. And I was like, sure. I was kind of the kid, like trying anything, like music, sports. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you, you wouldn't get crack where I grew up. <laughs> Just butt crack. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but um, kind of anything. And I never had that pressure from my parents, like, but like more from the people I grew up with. Yeah. Um, And it's still kind of that way when I when I when I come home like, yeah. And you you live um, you live in Munich now. Mm -hmm. What do you do there? You can't do um, you can't go skiing every second day. And what do you do there? And it's also something that socialized me. And I I also love doing these things. But I when I was <clears throat> about around sixteen, I got to find like okay, I don't have to fulfill any expectations. It's right. not like that. I'm way over the point that I. I want to get into competitive sports, so why do I have to compare to other people right. doing the same thing? So, yeah. and since then, sports is a part of me. I'm, I'm someone who gets bored by just having a gym or running routine. Right, and yeah. that's also cool, and I do it. But 
it couldn't be the only thing for me. And from time to time, when right. I get home, I go skiing, I go hiking or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm, Stuff that you've done since you And I feel very and... pr- privileged to, to have this space when my, with my parents and right. have all this, these activities there because many people do this as their holidays and ride yeah. like six hours to the mountains. Yeah. Um, and that's cool. And But I, I realized, okay, I have many different interests. Yeah. And sports is one of them. And I'm... <laughs> I'm yeah. really into sports Actually, as, 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 a, as, a, as, a, as from another side. Like I told from the beginning, I'm really, I'm st- I started to work in, in sports bro- broadcasting and that's right. something I love and I love watching sports and analyzing it and whatever. Actually, I would say this is probably a really good moment because I think we should wrap it up. I would say that um, you could plug your sports show or you have two sports shows, right? Because um, I think some people here don't know your sport, don't don't know about your sports shows. Yeah, we're doing um, uh, different uh, stuff about sports. I'm part of a basketball podcast, actually, but it's in Ooh. German. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, only show, for, a, this for is your German only, listeners. This is your only English show, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're German um, and you're listening, the show's in German. Don't there's worry. a there's a, a basketball podcast we're doing. It's called Buzzer Beat Hip Hop und Basketball. Buzzer beat hip hop und basketball. Yeah, nice. It's okay. about hip hop and basketball. <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty dope, actually. Yeah, and it's a cool combination. Um, Absolutely. And I'm doing a lot of of other stuff, but nothing I could link here because they're not my own projects. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, and I I love the point of view um, to sports from that perspective. Yeah, that's always and that's really where fun. I am now and. Yeah, and that's also why I told you at the beginning I love to talk to you about all those other topics because for me it's like sports is some form of recreation on my own in my yeah. free time yeah. and it's my job to talk and then analyze about it and have to de- deal with it. Yeah, And I also have other interests like playing music with you, right. talking about weird immigration processes with you yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's my situation about it and I'm happy to never have had this pressure in my life right. to get to some point in sports yeah absolutely man um well i would say we i would say we wrap it up there because i gotta go to the bathroom and, <laughs> and i had a long day i think you did too yeah and but, it's uh, got, it went by really fast right like it went by we, fast we, we, it i might, thought this was going to be like 25 30 minutes tops. Yeah, and it might um get out of hand but no 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 i think it's, it's a, good we just try some something new I think this is something that I'm. I wanted to do anyway. It's a bit more relaxed. It's a bit more open. A bit more natural. And the guest, the guest show is going to stay. Yeah, the guest show is going to be like you know we have it guided the way that it is, and we we interview the guest with our research and the things that we want to hit. And this is a bit more like it's about you and about me. Two different countries coming together. Still an immigration story, a migration story. And it's about, you know, music and culture and life and stuff. So we really uh, are thankful that you guys clicked on this. We hope that you um, enjoyed it, that you and keep listening. we would listening. love feedback on it. We'd also love some feedback. Is there is there a topic that you that you want to hear about? Something that you're curious about from, you know, my perspective or from most perspective or something that you have a comment or a critique about if you disagree with uh, something that maybe we got wrong? Um, if you want me to talk less... <laughs> or me <laughs> then uh, yeah send us all your ideas um, especially for if you have an idea for a guest for artsy fartsy immigrants write us uh, an email at podcast at m945.de and that's, uh, it. that's it man so thanks a lot guys I hope you enjoy and uh, yeah see you soon see you soon see you soon
Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M945.